Hello and welcome to Stories from India. This is a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. Now before we begin, I want to point out that today is episode number 200. I know technically this is episode number 177. But if you count all the bonus and mini episodes in between the regular weekly ones, this is number 200. I just want to thank you for all your support and your feedback over the last 3 years and I'm very excited to continue telling many more stories from our rich culture. Today we'll hear the story of the birth of a giant bird who's more powerful than Indra and can single-handedly defeat all devs. We'll see exactly why if a mother has laid eggs She shouldn't count her children before they hatch. This is an episode about Garud. And considering that Garud was character of the week in our very first episode, it's only fitting that we have come back to him in this milestone episode. It is a bit of a long story, so we are going to do this in two parts. So we'll cover up to the birth of Garud this time and next week continue on. Kashyap was a Saptarishi. Saptarishi in case you don't know literally means seven rishis or seven wise men. They did many wise things to earn that title. But it's not just the title. They also have a place in the sky. in the constellation of the great bear or big dipper or ursa major anyway kashyap had several wives among other things he was the father of many i know that when some people are called the father of the nation that's a figurative term but in kashyap's case it might have been literal Kashyap was the father of four major races the devs the danavs the yakshas and the daityas given his impact on the global population think of him as an earlier version of chenghis khan kashyap had help with parenting them all it wasn't squarely on just his shoulders he had 13 wives in some versions he had 21 well anyway being in such a well populated home two of his childless wives longed for children of their own they were vinita and kadru they each independently and separately implored kashyap to use his divine powers to help them What's the use of having all kinds of divine superpowers if you don't use them to help your own family? So Kashyap thought. 
he whipped out his notebook and began to make notes. He would need these to craft the right kind of prayer so that he could have the right kind of children. It would have been easy if his wives wanted ordinary children. But Vinita and Kadru did not want ordinary children. Not at all. Kadru was pretty clear. She wanted a thousand snake babies. If she had been at Hogwarts, no prizes for guessing which house she would have been in. Well, if Kadru had been in Slytherin, her sister, Vinita, would definitely have been in... Never mind, I'm not going to spoil it. Why don't you listen to the story and make your own judgment? Let's just say that Vinita asked for just two children, but each of them would be far stronger and braver than Kadru's thousand children. Kadru stared at her sister suspiciously. She said that she was getting a whole Gandhari and Kunti vibe here. She accused Vinita of trying to get her minority children to outdo hers. Nonsense, said Vinita, trying to brush it off nervously with a fake laugh. No such thing, don't you know? I'm just trying to make it so that my children have the energy to keep up and be good playmates with their thousand half-brothers. Kadru didn't buy it, but she didn't say anything. Kashyap didn't pay any attention either. He moved on to his yagya, which was basically praying in front of ceremonial flames so that his wives would get the children they wanted. Now Indra, as chief of the Devs and ruler of Swarg, was also a child of Kashyap. He was helping his dad bring some firewood for the yagya. A few other rishis were also helping Kashyap out. Now, Indra was flying overhead, casually twiddling a massive tree trunk between his thumb and forefinger. When you're as powerful as Indra, you can do that. Indra glanced down and saw about a dozen rishis struggling to carry a single tree branch. To him, it looked comical. And being rather insensitive to their plight, he laughed at them. If he had stopped there, maybe they wouldn't really have done anything. But then, Indra swooped down low and waved the massive tree practically in the rishis' faces. That sort of playground behavior was not going to let Indra make friends. The rishis were extremely upset by Indra's arrogance. They didn't excuse his behavior. They chose to curse Indra. They began a side yagya of their own. They poured ghee into the holy flames and initiated the process of replacing Indra. Yeah, Indra was not a permanent chief of the Devs. He was appointed 
in that position. That meant just as he had gained the job, he could lose it. The Rishis asked for a new Indra who was more powerful than the current one, one who could fly and one who could change his size at will. Listening to all this, Indra was distressed. He went running to daddy, hoping for an intervention. Kashyap certainly intervened, and the rishis agreed and accepted Indra's apology. But part of their yagya was well in flight already. They couldn't stop the creation of a person who was more powerful than Indra, a person who could fly, who could change his size. But the one thing they could do was to choose not to appoint him the new Indra. And that is what the rishis agreed to do. More on that person later. For now, let's cut over to Vinita and Kadru. After the very successful yagya, Kashyap went off to meditate somewhere in the mountains, as rishis often do. Vinita and Kadru were both ecstatic to discover that they were pregnant. Several months later, they both gave birth to eggs. Yep, not the thousand snakes that Kadru had hoped for, but a thousand eggs. Now, the eggs presumably contained their snake babies. So Kadru took care of her thousand eggs. She tucked them into a thousand specially prepared cribs with warm bedding. That would also help the hatching process. Vinita only had two eggs. These were substantially larger than Kadru's eggs. She had an easier task of thinking up baby names than Kadru did. She called egg number one Arun and egg number two Garud. Both moms buckled in and prepared for a long wait. Kadru had to only wait a few years before her eggs all hatched at the same time. All thousand of them. That complicated how quickly she had to ramp up on her parenting skills. But there was a plus. It was impossible to forget anyone's birthday. Her thousand children were called the Nags and they feature in other stories as well. Everything was going great for Kadru and her snake babies, but Vinita was getting impatient. She looked often at her two eggs and longed for them to hatch. Several more years passed and still nothing. And then, one day, she thought she saw the Arun egg move a bit. That was exciting. Maybe her baby was getting ready to hatch after all. Or maybe not. The small movement that she saw could have been due to the vibrations on the floor from all the nags moving about. Based on absolutely no evidence at all, Vinita concluded that it was the former, 
that Arun was ready to get out but was struggling to break through the eggshell. So she did what any mother might do when seeing her baby struggling. She helped him. She broke open the egg, just a little, and then removed more and more pieces of the shell until she discovered, to her horror, how wrong she was. How could you? Arun asked his mom. Because Vinita didn't immediately understand what she had done, she was overwhelmed. Oh, that's so sweet. My baby just said his first words. She said. Her eyes began glistening. I wish I had a video camera, she added. But her attitude changed pretty quickly when she saw her baby. Arun had not been trying to get out. Despite his perfectly formed power of speech, Arun wasn't yet ready to be born. His upper half looked normal and all, but his lower half was just a lump of flesh. Vinata drew back in horror at what she had done, but it was too late. Arun drew himself up to his full height, which wasn't much. Your curiosity left me in this state. For that, you and my brother must suffer. You and Garud will become servants. He cursed her. Why? What wrong has Garud done here? His mother protested. You're right, he hasn't, Arun said. But the sins of the mother are visited upon the son. But Arun, that could mean you. You're my son too. Garud isn't even born yet. And mom, you better make sure it stays that way until he is ready, Arun said. As for me, I'm off. I hear my half-brother, Surya, the sun god, has an opening on his team. I can drive his chariot, take him across the sky every day. I heard it has good pay. I'll also get a mini vacation every solar eclipse. And the office is well lit, warm and toasty. Vinata should have been happy for her enterprising young boy. Despite living in an eggshell all his life, he had it all figured out. He had a job with good job security, he had powerful friends, and he had a significant impact on the whole planet by keeping the sun going regularly around the earth. As ancient Indian science had concluded at the time. But Vinatha was not happy. The primary reason for this was her and Garud's upcoming servitude to person or persons unknown. But that mystery got resolved quickly enough. One day, Vinata and Kadru were out in the garden when they saw an amazing creature. It was a horse 
called Uchaishrava. This was a very special horse. Though it was as white as snow, that was not the most striking thing about its appearance. The most striking thing about its appearance was that it had seven heads. And that wasn't all. The horse was flying. Now, you might be wondering where such a wonderful horse came from. Wonder no more, because it came from the churning of the ocean. The churning of the ocean, or Sagarmanthan, in case you aren't familiar, is a massive cosmic experiment that we covered back in episode 51. Kadru and Vinata both looked at Uchaishrava in amazement. What a beautiful horse and what an amazing color, Vinata said. You mean colors, not color, Kadru corrected. They were definitely two colors there. The horse was white all over except its tail was black. No, 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 dear Kadru, her sister said. Its tail was definitely white. I distinctly remember it. But Kadru did not agree. Their argument escalated to the point of a bet. The stakes were pretty high. The loser would become a servant of the winner. Vinata should really have refused. She knew her son Arun had cursed her to become a servant, and this situation right now seemed to be setting herself up for exactly that. But Vinata was absolutely positive that the horse's tail was white, so she took the plunge anyway, without even considering the possibility that Uchaishrava might choose just that day to visit a salon and have his hair dyed. Well, Uchaishrava did not go to a salon and have his hair dyed, but what happened was effectively that. Kadru and Vinata agreed to go to Uchaishrava's home and check out his tail for themselves. Vinata, being a little gullible, did not find it the least bit suspicious that before they left, Kadru whispered something to her thousand sons. These were secret instructions. The Nags had a job to do. Kadru would manage it so that she and Vinata would have to take a slightly longer route with multiple pit stops. In the meantime, the Nags would make a beeline for Uchaishrava's home and somehow coil around his tail and make it look black. Now, I know what you're thinking. Snakes can't make a beeline for any destination because they slither side to side. But that's a technicality. Let's ignore it. The sisters reached Uchaishrava's home and rang the bell. The seven-headed horse was in just at that moment, and he opened the door. Immediately, heads one, three, and four frowned and said, 
we don't want to buy anything kadru hastened to explain that they were not door to door sales people that's what they all say said uchaishrava's head number 6 you don't want to sell anything you just want to change my whole life for the better and then it'll be all about how a new hat will look good on me or a new saddle or a new horseshoe sorry ladies i'm not falling for that i just had a few snakes come in and try that but i flat out told them even though they tried to slither in but we just want to have a look at your tail kadru cried out in a hurry eager to get off the topic of the snakes my tail how rude uchaishravas exclaimed in shock so strong was his reaction that he reared on his hind legs in anger and disgust ironically that gave the sisters a glimpse of exactly what they wanted and at that moment vinitha saw that the tail was black and realized that she had lost kadru saw that too and it was so masterfully done she decided she must congratulate her children and celebrate with a massive mouse fest for them that night maybe she could take them to disneyland or something not for the amusement park rides but because she had heard it had several human sized mice and mice were her children's favorite dish the sisters returned home but a lot had changed in their behavior when they had departed from home they had gone arm in arm as equals but now when they returned vinitha was carrying everything for kadru while also holding an umbrella over kadru's head to keep her cool in the hot summer sun vinitha needed some good news fast and when she reached home she got it her second egg had hatched garud had emerged from his shell he was a bird an eagle but not like an ordinary eagle the baby garud looked strong and powerful vinitha looked at her son with pride she knew that she and garud were bound to serve kadru and the nags but garud would get them out of it she was sure of it it was only a matter of time i'm going to continue the story but it's a bit of a long one so i'm going to pause here and continue it next week a few notes on the show kashyap is a saptarishi one of the seven hall of fame rishis kashyap married 13 of daksha's daughters you might remember daksh as the goat-headed king from episode 129 in lesser known facts the name kashmir originates from this same rishi kashyap because he drained the kashmir valley and made it habitable at some point kashyap was cursed because he got a little greedy and was reborn 
as Vasudev, whom you might remember from our Krishna episodes. But both of those are stories for future episodes. One of you listeners asked about phoenixes. The phoenix is a bird that appears in Greek, Roman, Egyptian, and even Chinese and Japanese mythology. It has no exact parallel in Indian mythology. A lot of sources approximate Garud as the closest equivalent to a phoenix, but the analogy falls short on several counts. Garud and the phoenix are both immortal, but Garud does not need to burn and regenerate from the ashes like a phoenix does. Garud can change its size at will, but a phoenix is confined to the usual size range of birds, you know, from when they are newborn baby chicks to when they are full-grown adult birds. Garud is also a person capable of speech and all that, and his tears don't have healing powers, as the Harry Potter series implied that phoenixes do. But both Garud and the phoenix have feathers that are extremely powerful. A single feather from Garud's wings can bear the weight of the entire world. Which makes you wonder how the earth might have reacted every time Garud took flight or landed. But we'll learn more about Garud in the next episode as we continue his story, including how he eats giant monsters for a snack and how he takes on the entire Dev army single-handedly, as well as his meeting with Vishnu. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories that you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.